There's power for healing. There's power to overcome any difficulty that might come against us. He said that we could ask anything in his name. He now sits at the right hand of the Father. All authority has been given unto him. And he gives this power to us through prayer. So tonight we want to take a few moments here to pray. You know, there's nothing quite like prayer. I believe that the first lesson that we we should teach every new Christian is that the secret to success in the Christian life is prayer. Amen. It ought to be drilled into our heads that prayer is a necessity. It's not something that just when you get in trouble, it's something we need to be doing on a regular basis. My house shall be called a house of prayer. And I have a very few prayer requests here. Some people just, uh, I don't know, they seem to forget. I guess that's the word, they forget. And then when I get ready to take prayer requests, they say, oh, I forgot again. Somehow we've got to overcome this, all right? Uh, We have Paul here who has faithfully been putting in prayer requests each week. He says that uh, Al Fox, a guard, hasn't uh, gotten over uh, the fact that his father uh, died here last uh, Christmas, and he needs our prayers. Uh, losing faith in God against, uh, he's uh, uh, kind of kind of against churches, and uh, God needs to really uh, touch this man. And then we need to, he said his son Jerry is in prison, and uh, he needs prayer for his family, his brother Dick, and physical healing. Uh, here's some that uh, was put in by Joy, and uh, she says Sarah has a slight allergy from uh, mosquito bites, and Michael has a bad uh, sore on his back, and Bill is going in for another CAT scan on his lungs. Uh, prayer for Sister Bither, she has a sore in her mouth. Uh, we need to continue to pray for Flora and this back problem, this uh, uh, problems that she's been having there with that uh, uh, disc that is uh, weak. Uh, we also need to be praying for Mark, who's looking for financial uh, healing in his life, uh, is in need of some financial uh, assistance from God. God can supply. Uh, we need to continue uh, praying for Biegat and this uh, thyroid. Uh, the thyroid, I guess, is inactive now, but uh, now she needs prayer that she'll have energy and so on. Uh, we also, uh, I would appreciate your continued prayer on my behalf. Uh, it's not the... Uh, I've been through a lot of scary situations in my life. I, I just don't know. 
I uh, have them blowing balloons up inside of your heart. It isn't, isn't quite the thing that thrills me, but I know that my God does go before me. I know my God does sustain me. And uh, I, I believe that uh, the prayers of the saints are so important at a time when you're in uh, danger like that. So continue to pray for me. I appreciate it. Uh, Brenda, scoliosis. Um, there were some others. That I, I'm, oh, there was a little boy that uh, that you were praying for that was losing weight. Um, oh, right. Nate, right. Okay. Okay, we have people that are going. We have people that are going to be on the road this weekend. Uh, the Hemker family uh, seems to be going through so many, many problems here lately, uh, with her uncle dying, her mother having having uh, sickness, this leukemia, and it's gotten into her into her uh, other systems in her body and. And uh, there's really a need for prayer there. Her father needing to go into a nursing home. And, and and pray for Sandy especially, because she seems to get so worked up with these things. And pray that God will give her peace through this, and knowledge, and understanding, and wisdom, and, and leader, and guider, and director as, as some of these things are going on. And pray, uh, pray for her. Hallelujah. When one member of the body hurts we all a lot of hurt. Amen. Yes. Allergies. Isn't that? My oldest son today started having bronchial asthma. Uh, it's something that he has allergies and and uh, so, but it doesn't stuff him up. It just his lungs don't want to work the way they should. And uh, so he was hurting with that when he left today. So pray for pray for Kurt. Yes, Daryl. Yes, Daryl has allergies. That's right. Hallelujah. Okay, let's go to prayer. Can we? Hallelujah. I'm going to ask Julie to lead us in these prayer requests. Julie. Hallelujah. If you'll open your Bibles with me to, tonight to Luke chapter 9, Luke chapter 9 and verse 57. Yes, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 9, verse 57. <clears throat> now it happened as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. 
And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lie his head. Then he said to, the, uh, to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, No one, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Father, would you give us understanding tonight? Would you, by your Holy Spirit, minister to each heart within hearing of my voice? Lord, may there be a move with the Holy Spirit within each of us. May the anointing just be upon these words that it might accomplish that for which they are sent. And may this preacher come under that anointing that this word might come forth with power. For Lord, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I spent some time looking in the concordance, and I was looking for the word procrastination. How many of you know that the word procrastination does not appear in the Bible? So if you want to get God's approval on procrastinating, I would suggest that you look somewhere else for your source because nowhere in God's word does he uh, suggest that procrastination is a thing that we should be doing. Slothfulness, no, that doesn't, uh, well, he, he doesn't want us doing that either. And even though this word procrastination doesn't appear in the Bible, and the word procrastination means putting off what should be done immediately, uh, Jesus had to deal with these subjects. And... Uh, You know, every one of us are caught up in these things. For instance, I'll get into a good exercise program. When? Tomorrow! Yes, tomorrow! Uh, I must go on a strict diet. Tomorrow! Uh, I need to pray more. As soon as I find time. I should uh, receive Jesus and make a firm commitment, but not now. Uh, you know, many will be in hell because of procrastination. Delay turns to denial, and denial utterly damns the soul. Sometime. Later. Tomorrow. After a while. Sound familiar? How can we deal with these inclinations that uh, you and I all have, all of us seem to have 
Because I think it's important that we learn to deal with this problem of procrastination. If it wasn't so important, I wouldn't have been looking up the word to begin with because God was talking to me about procrastinating. But I found something that I believe will help. You see, we live uh, in a hectic world, and so we need, number one, I'm going to tell you how to, how to deal with this problem, okay? And just because I'm telling you how to deal with the problem doesn't mean that I've already arrived. <laughs> Do you, you understand that, right? Because I struggle with these things. I really do. Uh, Jesus here reminds us that uh, uh, that denial of Christ's call to follow him, even for what seems to be a good reason. I mean, here's a guy that says, Oh, um, I'll follow you wherever you go. But first of all, let me go bury my father. I mean, legitimate reasons. But it reflects on an improper value system. There is always something that seems to interfere with the call of God upon our lives. I've seen young people in my churches. Young people, listen up. I've seen young people in my churches who I knew. I'm not saying that I just had a feeling I knew. I believe God revealed it to me that these young people had a call of God upon their lives. And for one reason or another, they did not take that course of action which would have brought about that which God had intended for them. Procrastination. There's always something to interfere. There's always something to keep us from doing what God wants us to do, no matter who you are. God, let me go and bury my father. You know, families are demanding. And they put a lot of great demands on all of us. You see, I don't think this man father had died yet. I think what he was saying is, as soon as my father passes on and I don't have to take care of him anymore, then I'll answer the call. And this is something that all of us have to struggle with. We find the, the good crowding out the best. Living has become an extremely complex, at best, situation. There's domestic demands, there's community demands, there's educational demands, there's church demands. There's too much to do. And we feel like we're in a pressure cooker. 
Anybody feel there? A am, I, am I reaching anyone? Do you feel like you're sometimes in a pressure cooker? Like there's too many things to do and not enough hours in the day? All of us are struggling with a limited amount of time. And so we procrastinate. God raises up to, uh, good raises up and it crowds out that which we know we ought to be doing. And what shall we do about it? What can we do about it? That, that's the question I'm asking and it's the question I asked God when I was writing this, what can we do about it? Well, first of all, we need to wait on the Lord. You say, but I'm busy. I don't have time to wait on the Lord. The more busy you're going to be, the more you better be waiting on the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And waiting and listening is the place where we emerge with a proper value system. Jesus said, I do always those things that please my Father which is in heaven. Now be honest. How many of us could say that? I do always those things that please my Father. Well, I'm not going to raise my hand. You raise your hand if you want to. But I think that sometimes I do some things that aren't too pleasing. I procrastinate. I allow things to crowd out that which I know I ought to be doing. But here is the focus and direction and the clear sense of value. Waiting for what God wants me to do. Knowing what God has planned for my life. You know, there's a lot of things that I get involved in that are really not essential. There's only a few things in life that are essential. And the number one thing that is essential is that I be pleasing to the Lord. Amen? Amen? And so I need to wait on God until I have focus and direction and the sense of value that I need. On the cross, Jesus said, it is finished. Imagine that. He had come into this life. He had only been here just about 33 years or so. And yet when he died, he could say, it is finished. I've done what you call me to do. Father, it's finished. I have finished the work that you gave me to do. Well, how many of you know when you start having problems with your heart and uh, so on that you begin to look at eternity in a little different light? You don't know. Maybe... The end's closer than what you imagine. Can I face God and say, it is finished. I've done what you've told me to do. 
Or am I going to leave a lot of things undone? And I think that each one of us needs to face this thing and we need to be realistic about it. Am I doing what I need to do and leaving some of the things that I are not so important undone? Are we going to come to the end of our lives with regret? Oh, if only I had done so and so. Why didn't I do that? Friends, we only get one go around. It's appointed on demand once to die and then the judgment. And judgment day is coming. What am I doing with the 24 hours each day that God has allotted me? If he's allotted me 70 years, what am I doing with that 70 years? If he's allotted me 20 years, what am I doing with that 20 years? If he's only allotted me 10 years more, what am I going to do in that next 10 years? we've got to get a hold of this thing. And so we need to readjust our value system. Is the thing that I am doing the important thing? That's number one. Number two, we need to treasure each moment. Procrastination is a waste of time. You don't ignore the value of each moment. You don't sell out instead of buy up. You've got to get the most, savor the most of every moment that God gives us. You heard the story of a mother who was a very busy mother. And her little boy came up to her. He said, Mom, can you sew this Boy Scout patch on now? And, Mom, would you be sure and get it straight and mom irritatedly spoke back to her son and she said I'm sorry son can't you see I'm busy I've got to get these dishes done mom can I recite my memory verses for Bible school now not now, please. I'm in a hurry. I've got to go to the store. Why do you always catch me when I'm in such a rush? A few days later, the little boy was struck by a car and killed. And as the mother sat there looking at her only son, 
lying there in that casket. She said, son, I'll sew that Boy Scout patch on now. And son, I'll be sure and get it straight. And son, let me hear your memory verses now. All of them. I want to hear all of them. You know, I got all the time in the world now. Don't miss your opportunity. Don't let opportunities slip away. Don't wait until it's too late. Let's learn to make the most of every moment. My daughter, Bobby, mentioned that when John and, and what was the girl's name, Joanne, was home here during the spring break, visiting with us, and Daryl, she said that they were out making memories. You know, that's a lot more important than some things. Maybe we ought to take time to make some memories. Maybe we ought to get time, take time to leave some other things undone to get the best out of life. Jesus treasured each moment. Mary, you got God's gift there, that little little boy. Start making some memories with him. It's not in what you can give him in material goods. You know, I found that that's been the main hang-up in my life. Uh, trying to buy my kids love, you can't do it. You don't get it by giving them things. And thirdly, we need to learn to follow the prompting of the Spirit. Acts 26 and verse 28, there was a man by the name of King Agrippa. And he said to Paul, he said, you've almost persuaded me to become a Christian. Do you know history may have, may have been changed, may have been altered if Agrippa had followed that nudging of the Spirit? Let me tell you one little story that happened in my ministry, and I'm not telling you this because I'm super spiritual, because that's far from the truth. It's just something that happened, and I want to relay it to you. 
I was sitting in my office in Ogdensburg. I had received a, a, one of these follow-up letters from CBN of someone who was having problems, someone who had just made a commitment to Christ and they wanted me to do a follow-up. And I spent several weeks trying to get a hold of this lady. One morning I went in to my office and I sat there praying, and as I was praying, the Spirit said, call her now. So I stopped right in the middle of my prayer and I dialed her number. And she said, who is this? I said, this is Pastor Rook. I'm doing a follow-up for CBN. She said, if you really are a pastor, she said, you better get over here quick. I was just about ready to commit suicide. And I said, please, don't do anything till I get there. I'll be right there. And I got another lady, and we went over to visit her. And we were able to lead her to the Lord. She said, her testimony afterwards was, she said, I couldn't believe it. I, I had just said, I don't know as there is a God. If there is a God, then prove it. She says, because if you don't, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do away with myself. She said the phone went, bring. <laughs> we need to learn to follow that still small voice. A wealthy Christian man was once asked what the key was to his accumulation of wealth. And he replied, I have followed the deepest promptings of my heart. You see, he understood that that voice that come from within was the voice of God. What a way to live. I feel led go help a brother or a sister in need, instead of putting it off, I just go and do it. Because I understand that to be the will of God. I feel led to encourage a friend. So I do it. I don't put it off. I go and do it now. Because I understand that that's the voice of God. I feel led to go and witness to someone that God has prepared them. Just like Philip went out into the desert and he went up alongside this, uh, this Ethiopian eunuch and, and he, God had already prepared it. He was reading from the book of Isaiah. And he said, do you understand what you read? And he said, no, how can I unless some man uh, uh, interprets it for me? And he said, and he started right there and he preached Jesus. Led him to Christ and baptized him in water. Got him started on his way. What I'm saying is we've got to learn to obey the voice within us. Amen? So, in, 
Overcoming procrastination. Number one, check your values. What is really valuable? Secondly, treasure every moment. Make the most of the time that you have. And thirdly, learn to follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit in your life. I believe while I was preaching this, but the Holy Spirit's been at work. And he's been speaking to some of you right here, right now. And you need to respond, and the way you respond is you slip out of your seat and you come up and you gather around the altar and you talk with God. You respond. And you make, make a conversation with God as you're doing it. So I'm going to open up the altar for a few moments. and I'm just going to invite you to come on up and talk to God. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah.